You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Granted, I don't remember anything of it. I fell down the stairs and put a hole in the wall <laughs> with my head. <laughs> so there's that. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Curra, joined by Brazilian Ty. I can't believe we're basically in the playoffs right now. But mm-hmm. uh, we've had the discussion on this show before about weddings on long weekends. But Ty, mm-hmm. it sounds like something that you found uh, worse than that. Destination weddings. <laughs> were you just invited to one? They can <laughs> right off. <laughs> Were you just invited to one? Yes. Okay. How much did notice? Four months. Ooh. <laughs> Here's the thing, Ty. Like, j- like just a lope at this point. I don't think they really wanted you there. I think that's the thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Everybody got the same info at the same time. Oh. There has been... Two destination weddings in my family. Well, this will be the second one. I didn't go to the first one. I have zero intention of going to this one. (laughs) Uh, And the other one was still inside the province, which made zero sense to me. Okay, wait. Yeah. (laughs) What was the destination? Canmore. Okay. I I thought you were going to say like Grand Prairie or something like that. (laughs) Hey, 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 what's wrong with Grand Prairie? It's the home of Kelly Sutherland, the hey, king. Just it is grand. There. It is grand. <laughs> yes, that is fair. No, but I'm, I, destination weddings are stupid. I'm not, I'm not shelling out two grand to watch you get married when I can pay $300 to, to watch you get married in your backyard. Sorry. <laughs> and also, and also... I've pretty much deleted my entire family off Facebook because I had to delete like one or two of them because of their stupid political Wexit bullcrap posts. <laughs> so I'm like, if I delete one, I kind of have to delete them all, right? Like I can't play favorites. So I don't know how I got onto this message thread. <laughs> Do we need to talk about football this week? Mm, <laughs> well, mm, not really. <laughs> not until Thursday? You know really? <laughs> You know what really grinds my gears? Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. You want to know what really grinds my gears? Depth charts in week 21. Give me a break. The Montreal Alouettes get by the Ottawa Red Blacks 42-32. Actually, I think all of these games were a lot closer than they had business being, especially Mm -hmm. two of them. Especially two of them. But uh, the other ones, you know, everybody just sitting guys and things like that. And I think that Montreal wanted... 
uh, Vernon Adams Jr. to get to 4,000 yards passing, and then he got hit, and you know what? I think Kahari Jones learned that, hey, uh-huh. that's why we sit starters in meaningless games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't. if you're going to get hurt in a game where you have everything wrapped up, it makes you look real bad if you're, if you're going to get a starter hurt. Uh, that being said, it is nice to get them reps at game speed, but you know, other guys have sat out and, you know, they don't miss that much of a beat. I know it's different for quarterbacks, but I think the right decision was made once he took that hit. Well, the thing is, is that the team that they're playing are actually playing to try to, you know, have a spot on the roster next year. They have mm-hmm. nothing to lose. There was actually some tussles in this game as well. And they asked Kahari Jones about it at halftime. And actually, Bo Lacombo ended up getting banged up, having to leave the game. Hopefully, he's good to go for the East semifinal. But the Owls didn't come out of this game unscathed at all. I know they're happy to win to have a... A winning season for the first time since, what, 2012, 2013. Uh, Vernon Adams looked like he was ready to go. Uh, 13 for 16, 126 yards, two touchdowns. Schiltz had 12 pass attempts, a touchdown, 101 yards. But we saw the debut of Jarvie and Williams, 13 carries, 69 yards. I think they... They have something there, and they also mm-hmm. have Dante Absher at receiver. Seven catches on uh, eight targets for 81 yards and a touchdown. I feel like it's been a real long time since we've been able to see backups in Montreal mm-hmm. show that they have potential to be something in this league. Well, and, and this team has quietly amassed depth. Uh, you know, we saw Quan Bray come in earlier this year. Yeah. The, Jeremiah Johnson, Williams, Stanback, uh, Sharon Carries, and you know guys like Trevian Williams and, and Dante Absher come in, and yeah, sure they don't get the opportunities, but you you look at this is the game, this is the situations and games where these guys can get in, and now you know, God forbid something were to happen to Eugene Lewis or Quan Bray, I mean there is another body there that is able to come in. And fill that role, or if something were happen to Stanback or Johnson, and we see it in Calgary, and it's always the teams with the most depth that have the best shot at winning, and that seems to be what Montreal has right now. And I know they didn't win 15 games like Hamilton, but the way that they've turned this thing around uh, just goes to show that there is something going on. Uh, and, and I mean, Cavis Reed did do some good stuff. We have talked about that. The credit is due to some aspects, and I'm sure some of the depth in that organization is because of him, but. Uh, you know, just the whole the whole turnaround that franchise has taken in the last year has been phenomenal. You know what? I actually think that the fans in Ottawa deserve a bit of credit here because that crowd. I can't believe I can't believe they went. Well, yeah. Like I wouldn't have been. I would not have held it against them if there were five hundred people there. It no. actually looked like it was near near full. I mean, probably half three quarters full. Like. A lot more than I would have expected to go to this game. Mm-hmm. Well, two years ago, I went to the or, uh, the last regular season game that the Oilers had. And the only reason I went is because it was the Sedin's last game. Right. So I was like, I want to see that. Granted, I don't remember anything of it. I fell down the stairs and put a hole in the wall <laughs> with my head. <laughs> so there's that. But, I mean, when, <laughs> when, you're, when, when your team is... 
not winning, it's really hard to to go to the game and support them. But I mean, Ottawa came out, uh, great support, really good crowd, and it, it's amazing. Uh, you see all the vitriol towards Desjardins on Twitter, yeah. stuff like that, and how people think that he needs to be fired, and and Rick Campbell getting thrown under the bus and whatnot. But the fans are still there, and there's even people who have tweeted that they've already renewed season tickets and everything. So I don't think. I think, I think another losing season is going to be a big. If they do, if this happens again next year, it's going to be a pretty big strain on the fan base. But if they can turn this into a one-off, I, I, I think they'll be just fine. Well, let's face it. Since Ottawa's coming to the league, I know uh, the expansion season was tough. I think you got to mm-hmm. expect. I think everybody that. knew that was going to come, though. Yeah, that fan base has been pretty spoiled. Um, yeah, you have to know what. Uh, this feels like to know how good winning actually is. Talk to a Saskatchewan mm-hmm. Rough Rider fan or a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan. The next time that the Bombers win the Grey Cup, which at this point I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but yeah, Neely, suck it. <laughs> but how many fans in Winnipeg are just they're going to be in shock? Like the amount of crap that they've put up with. Same with Saskatchewan, and let's face it. Since Darian Durant, uh, basically 2007. Blue Bomber legend. <laughs> from 2007 to now, this might be one of the best eras of Rough Rider football, you know, just over a decade ever because there's mm-hmm. been a lot of lean time. So overall, Ottawa fans have been pretty spoiled. With, you know, three Grey Cup appearances in the last four years, only the one win. But there, it can't be all that rosy all the time. No, it it's it's tough to, especially in the CFL with the length, like nobody signs long-term deals. Uh, you know, guys, if if they have the opportunity to go to the NFL, they take it. If, if they, and now especially because the, the, the the window is now back, right? So that that brings that whole back into into play, and you know, just a player move. It makes it really hard to keep a core group together, and, and we even see it with Calgary. It's like a fifty. It's a fifty percent roster turnover. It seems every year for almost every team, and the yeah. teams that are able to keep a somewhat of a core together are the ones that have sustained success. I mean, one bad year, uh, like totally forget about the expansion year. I think we all knew that's how that was going to kind of play out. Uh, it's it's really tough to have it not play out like that unless you're the Vegas Golden Knights and the rules are so stacked in your favor. Um, one, one bad year isn't shouldn't ruin uh, the positive vibe that you have with your fan base, but if this happens again next year, people are going to start looking at it like, oh, this now we're into rebuild and do the – then it gets harder and harder to get people uh, to to the stadium, and I think that you know a big thing was the losses in free agency, and it's really hard to come back from that. Uh, and I, I I don't think you can blame Campbell for that, and I think people are right to look at Desjardins and think that, or and say that maybe he should lose his job. But also at the same time, I don't think that because I know it's not Rick Campbell's fault, but he's the coach, he's the fall guy every GM gets at least one coach firing, and we haven't seen that yet, so I don't think much is going to change. I don't think that uh, Ottawa fans are foolish enough to think, you know, we're going to win 12 or 13 games every single year. 
Well, they were foolish enough to think that Dom Davis was a starter. <laughs> I, I think that what I'm not going to let that go. <laughs> I know I you're not. <laughs> I think what Ottawa fans they they just wanted to be competitive. They they, they weren't going to expect to win, you know, even nine games with the amount of losses that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just wanted to have an enjoyable team to watch, and at times this year it just wasn't. Uh, Ten uh, losses the first in a row. Two, the first two weeks were. Like not the prettiest football on the defensive side, but I mean, it was entertaining. Just you thought it was just going to be shootouts all all season, yeah. and we, well, we all knew that wasn't sustainable. But I it think was after fun. Labor Day, they I think they averaged sixteen points a game or something around there. Well, that'll get you to tune in. So in this game, at least they beat the uh, average. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think Ottawa fans are also lucky that they have such an accessible ownership group that mm-hmm. actually listens to them and really sort of interacts with them on social media and takes their concerns seriously. There are a lot of teams, and this goes for any league, that you're not going to be able to interact with the owner or ownership group, and they really do not care what you have to think unless they get your money. So Boston Bruins, anybody? <laughs> I, I think Ottawa fans are also lucky in that regard. I think one of my questions is is that there's a sentiment out there, and I think a lot of it comes from Henry Burris, that there's a lot of fractured relationships in the front mm-hmm. office, starting with Marcel Desjardins. Can a guy change like that? Like he's been, he's always been sort of a hard ass. It, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it and seems I, the way he is. I don't think he can just change. And I think him, you know, building a team that went to three Grey Cups just makes it like, I yeah. Why are you coming at me? Why should I change what I'm doing if it's working? And, you know, just as we're recording this right now, uh, Justin Dunk of Three Down Nation reporting that Rick Campbell will not be back in 2020. And you did say, hey, every GM gets a fall guy. He gets uh, one firing. And maybe this is his one firing. And he gets another chance to bring a coach in. But I I think Rick Campbell is always going to be loved in Ottawa. The 2016 Grey Cup, the first in 40 years there. Six seasons. The first coach in franchise history. And I think at times, maybe Ottawa didn't have the talent that some other teams did. But the coaching was always top-notch. And maybe, I guess, it just wasn't enough this year. Losing Jamie Elizondo at the beginning of the season was massive, and they just weren't able to over overcome that at all. Um, so he's gone. He's out of Ottawa, according to Justin Dunk. Um, we'll see if Desjardins gets to stick around for 2020. There's all sorts of rumors surrounding Jason Moss. I have to think that Edmonton might be a possible landing spot for uh, Rick Campbell. Who knows he, who he's going to bring with him as far as offense goes because uh, the offense in Ottawa this year did not excite uh, anyone. Never mind anyone in Edmonton because that would be a regression. But he has worked with Trevor Harris and, of course, the history of his father winning five great Great cups there in the late 70s and early 80s. But what a move happening, not even before the playoffs. Rick Campbell out in Ottawa, according to Justin Dunk. What breaks my heart about this game is our personal jelly bean league. 
All I needed was six mm-hmm. points from a quarterback, and I see Jonathan Jennings, three rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. How many points is that? Three rushing touchdowns is 18 points. I needed I needed six. So you just needed one rushing touchdown. I- <laughs> or one receiving touchdown. Or a defensive touchdown. Let, like let's not uh, let's not just blame one position. You know what? You can't blame you can't blame a loss on one play. I had a heart it's to a, heart with my wife yesterday because I was so pissed off. Oh, that <laughs> sounds terrible. But like I I can't I was physically was, sick. Was it before or after the bucket of chicken from seven eleven? It was after. <laughs> Unreal. So it might have been the chicken that made me physically sick. We'll, we'll get into <laughs> yeah. this. Oh, oh, weird. <laughs> we'll get into this later, but all I needed was six points. A- at the end of the day, my my before Labor Day performance is what really screwed me up here. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it wasn't I, this I, one I, week. I think I had. I think I had four weeks under seventy in like a, in a row. Yeah, and I had three under sixty in July. So that that's what. Yeah, it was still early then. We didn't think about week 21 yeah, yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, John Crockett had over five yards of carry here. So I think I think there's hope at the running back position in mm-hmm. Ottawa if he's able to stay healthy. But Don Davis went 16 of 18 for 155 yards. I know that he wasn't against Montreal's ones, but that's an encouraging performance. I don't know or think that Ottawa is going to go with Dominic Davis at quarterback next year again, I think that would make the fan base really angry. But if he is their number two, he is an athletic guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, I, I just thought getting thrown to the wolves with zero experience, and I know we saw a lot of quarterbacks get thrown to the wolves this season, and one's an MOP. Well, yeah, one is an MOP candidate in Cody Fajardo, and there's Nick Arbuckle, and there's also Dane Evans. Uh, but Dom Davis just really wasn't ready to make that next step this season. It it sure didn't seem like it. It looked like he was a little overwhelmed at times. Uh, and, and at times he looked like he could beat any team in this league uh, early, early in the season. Um, you know, go 16 of 18, 155 yards. The yards aren't exactly there for that many pa- or that many completions, but he took care of the football and if you're only throwing two incompletions, those like if that if he played, you know, if he played every game like this, which would never happen, uh, where you're throwing 75, 80% completion rating, those are going to be games where you're going to be in it because you're able to move the ball and and you know keep your offense on the field. Uh, so that is promising. But like you said, I don't think that he's going to be the starter next year. Here's the sad thing is that John Jennings had the rushing touchdowns here. Mm-hmm. Two players had rushing touch. Is, is it, Am I crazy here? Two players had rushing touchdowns for the Red Blacks this year, and they're both quarterbacks. Yeah, they had nobody other than quarterbacks score rushing touchdowns. <sighs> like that, that gives me a headache. That, that just shows you what this the offensive performance this season 
Um, but before the game, the Red Blacks announced that five Canadians have been signed to extensions. Brad mm-hmm. Sinopoli, who had 100 yards here. Brendan Gelanders, Alex Mateus, J.P. Boldu, and Nigel Romick have all resigned. So that's actually a pretty good Canadian core of guys that are able to contribute yep. to this team for the next couple years. I think uh, that is a pretty good move by uh, by Ottawa. Oh, for sure. I mean, we... Brad Sinopoli is going to convert second down, second down for you. He's going to catch the football. Uh, you you want that O line depth? Uh, you know, a guy like Brendan Gillanders probably doesn't he doesn't get a lot of offensive snaps, uh, but can still contribute in other aspects on the field. And you know, further furthermore, to, with Brad Sinopoli, I think I read that him and his wife are expecting their first child. So it's a nice little payday yeah. uh, with another mouth to feed. Uh, Eugene Lewis had a touchdown for Montreal. Uh, Jake Winicky did as well, mm-hmm. but uh, they're ready for Edmonton, and I think that East semifinal is going to be uh, a fascinating game. And after what we saw from Edmonton against Saskatchewan, I, I don't think Montreal is going to walk all over them anymore. L- let's talk about that game now where the Riders beat the Eskimos. Oh, what like at times it really looked like the Eskimos were going to win this and the riders were going to let first place okay. slip away so if that would have happened how surprised would you have been i would have not been surprised exactly because we have been conditioned by this franchise to be prepared for heartbreak the Riders won 23-13 and clinched first place. They did so mm-hmm. without Cody Fajardo. This is mm-hmm. going to be a situation to watch. And I know he's already said he's going to tough it out and play through the pain if he's still hurting once the West Final rolls around. But the way that this injury was talked about by him... And the way, the way Craig Dickinson slipped up and said torn oblique and not pulled... He in the press conference. He, I I can't see him being a even close to a hundred percent on November seventeenth. Nor do I. But I think the two weeks is going to be a hell of a lot better. Of course, for Cody Fajardo <laughs> than we'll get, than we would get in a semifinal. Which I mean goes without saying. I mean it is two weeks of rest. Uh, if it is just a pull and, and maybe rest and and a little bit of. A rehab fixes it, then great. But you know, when they say that a hit could put him out, yeah, it, it leads me to it leads me to believe that's a little more serious. Like when they said a hit could end his career, yeah. Uh, how does that? How, how does that heal in two weeks? I would say ask Eric Lindros, but I don't think he could pick up the phone without his helmet on. <laughs> There's a lot of... Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for that one. If Chris Jones was the coach of this team, uh, they would lie to us like until halfway through the first quarter of the West Final. Um, but I well, don't... No, Chris Jones would love this. Yes, I know he would. Like, oh, oh, I can start a quarterback that nobody knows and just rely on my defense all game perfect (laughs) i already did that for 18 games last year i can do it one more time i don't think that cody fajardo is a lying bone in his body and i don't think 
Craig Dickinson is used to it either. So no. once the week of the West Final rolls around, we'll it, we'll, it, we'll find out. I, th- I think I think it's going to be. It's not going to be what they say. It's going to be the tone and how they yeah. say it. And we're gonna we're gonna figure it out pretty easily. I think. Um, Major League Baseball players. There's been a real uptick in the last few years of ob- oblique injuries, and I really didn't know I had an oblique until I hurt one. I actually did it playing slow pitch uh, about six years ago, and it it's hurts, man. Uh, I'm sure they they can just inject him with like some numbing agent and get him through a game. And let's face it. Yeah. It could be minus 10 for the West Final. That could keep him cold enough. But if he takes the wrong hit or makes a throw, he could tweak it really easily. Mm -hmm. And they can't beat Winnipeg or Calgary with Isaac Harker playing quarterback. I think they can beat Winnipeg. Well, if Zach Kalaros is half as good. It would be low scoring. And you you need Kalaros to play the whole game. Well, the defense made the plays they had to, too. So, Right, you want to hit him just enough to not knock him out of the game. Because, um, I mean, if Strebler comes in, it seems like they have a lot of trouble with Chris Strebler. But I I don't think Isaac Harker, well, I mean, 23 or 28 for 213. He wasn't bad by any means. Wasn't, no. Uh, is he Cody Fajardo? No. Uh can he win a West Final? I think so, if need if needed. Uh, Grey Cup is a totally different animal. Um, it's just I, I if if it's Calgary in that West Final, it's Isaac Harker. I'm I might bet the farm on Calgary just because the way that defense plays, uh, they can throw so many different things at you, and their secondary is just so good. Uh, not taking anything away from Winnipeg, but I mean, if you can find a way to slow down the front. The defensive front. I mean, you can you can find spots to throw against Winnipeg, uh, but if if Cody Fajardo is not held, if Cody Fajardo can't go, I think the, the Riders are in a world of hurt. You know what I needed? I needed the Riders to give the ball to William Powell in the red zone. Mm-hmm. You know what they did? They gave it to Marcus Figpen. In the, I cannot mm-hmm. think. I can't look at this with an objective eye. <laughs> Because of your fantasy lineup. No, it ruined oh. me. <laughs> it, it it broke me. Um, but the Riders were hey, <laughs> Riders are going to have two weeks off, and how fresh is William Powell going to be after yeah. getting like six carries this entire year? Yeah, and then and then watch them give him four carries in the Western Final. Um, oh, I, I will I will turn it off. <laughs> I won't even go to Grey Cup. Um. The Riders weren't at full strength either. Uh, Shaq Evans no. ended up leaving the game, said he had a toe issue, and then rookie yeah, Maybe Just- don't kick the pylon. <laughs> rookie Justin McKinnis ended up making one of the biggest plays of the game. Uh, Kyron Moore had uh, 43 yards here, just over 10 fantasy points. Uh, but the defense is the story for the Riders here. And mm-hmm. I know that it was against Logan Kilgore, but Kilgore ended up getting into... A bit of a groove in the second half, but Edmonton was trying to lose this game. Uh, they, they probably <laughs> could have won the game if they didn't put Troy Williams in. And I, I think so. 
And maybe they could have put Tavares Daniels in at quarterback because, I he mean. Did, he did have the longest play from scrimmage. <laughs> Uh, how bad is that? How many receivers in this league have uh, have an arm that good? Because it seems like there's a new one every week. <laughs> Brad Sinopoli definitely would. Yeah, Armani Edwards probably does. <laughs> well, they both played quarterback in college, right? Yeah, and then um, uh, I, we didn't talk about Rob Maver last time we brought this up, but Darvin oh, Adams and uh, okay, um, how about the only player starting? for the riders that had a passing touchdown was John Ryan. <laughs> no, like what an ugly game. Or um, like even sorry, on the roster, on the active yeah. roster was John Ryan not starting on the active roster. Yep. Uh I think Tavon Smith is poised to have a massive 2020. I thought this year was going to be his uh you know, coming out party, and it has been pretty solid. I mean, he had over uh, 600 I, yards and six touchdowns. He's only 26. Yeah. yeah, but I think I think you're right. I think next year he's going to be a bigger part of the offense. I think he just needs to be. I, th- I think, you know, teams are going to be keying in on guys like Greg Allenson and, and DeVar Daniels if he's back, and, and Anthony Parker, if he if his Achilles is good and he, he's back, uh, you know, it's going to open stuff up for guys like Tavon Smith and even Natea Jay. Almano Sewell ended up having to leave leave this game after getting winded, and all I could think was, what was he doing in there? That I think that's the bigger question. A game you don't have to win. Uh, I get wanting to play spoiler, and I get I wanting to get guys reps, but uh, at some point you have to cut your losses. Yeah, I mean, getting your getting the win knocked out of you not. Not probably not going to keep him out. Could have been worse though for the East, I mean, but it could have been worse. But I mean, you could say that for literally anybody playing in any football game this weekend yeah. that they could have got hurt and it wouldn't. Have, and it. So at what point do we just? It is what it is. The Eskimo front really handled Saskatchewan here, and they weren't yeah. at full strength the entire time with William Powell getting held to three yards a carry. They played Saskatchewan really hard, and the kicking well, I game. I think, I think having Isaac Harker back there, I think Edmonton knew. Right, they, we just need to shut. We can tee off on the run a little bit here. Uh, the kicking game really cost, almost cost Saskatchewan here with Brent Lowther cool. missing one from forty-seven fifty. 54. Those are all, all long field goals, but it was the thirty-two yarder when. When that one was missed, I thought, okay, this is destiny against the Riders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, and I, th- I don't know if that was the same drive, but Eskimo fans saying that Al Bradbury loves the Riders and the fix was in. There was also a bogus roughing the passer on the Riders as well. It, yeah. <laughs> it goes both ways. Really, it does. No, I- he doesn't favor anybody other than himself. Put on the show. He wants, yeah. as, he wants as much TV time as possible. He wants the game to have zero flow. <laughs> and he wants to be the center of attention. He gets that microphone. Let's be honest. <laughs> I am going to I am going to do stats and I hope to have them done by the time I go to Grey Cup. On um, reffing? Uh, no, uh, yeah, it'll be as to what crews give out 
like the most penalties and have the longest games and stuff like that. Because I guarantee you, Al Bradbury is going to be up there, and it's going to be and it's going to be by a long shot. And if he's refing Grey Cup, I'm going to have a real hard time sitting in those stands, regardless of who's playing. Like if it's not Andre Pru, is it even a game worth going to? Uh, <laughs> there was a spearing on Taekwon Glass that didn't get mm-hmm. called, and I uh, I think what we saw here is Craig Dickinson's chances of winning coach of the year evaporate with the <laughs> with the clock management at the end of the first half. Oh my god. Was that not the worst thing you've ever seen? I was listening on the radio cuz I love to work Saturdays. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> I can really feel your enthusiasm. <laughs> yes. And I was like, what is happening? Like, oh, I'm like, oh, Dave, Dave must have called the timeout. Like, the, and then all of a sudden, it was the end of the half. I'm like, okay, what? They actually and, went to run a sneak with no time on the clock. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Mullinder was losing his mind, which, I mean, fair. Like, I believe that's fair. Yeah, it's uh, fair. But to leave, to leave a timeout in your pocket. Yeah. I get it. You thought they were going to measure. They didn't call the timeout. Exactly. You, you got to come away with points. You have to come away with points. You won the game anyway, so it doesn't come back to bite you in the ass. But in the grand scheme of things, when you have the opportunity to get points, you you take it. And and you know that's that's seven missed points in my eyes. I actually think if they didn't even run or call a timeout, they could have probably run two plays to like at least one. Yeah. At least oh, yeah. one. It, they could have taken a shot. Oh, that was one of the poorest examples of clock management I had seen in my life. But what clinched the game was Cam Judges. It was like, uh, that was like Andy Reid in <laughs> literally any game. Uh, that pick six at the end from Mr. Mm-hmm. Judge, that really uh, just sealed the like, deal. Is he better than Aaron Judge at this point? <laughs> I think he might be. Yeah, I, I, I don't see, I don't see any argument the other way. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by ATB Financial. Tired of paying bank fees when you can't even remember the last time you went into a branch? When's the last time you went in, Ty? Uh, six, seven weeks ago. What were you doing? Uh, getting money for beer. <laughs> I went in, I think in September, I need to get some American money. But before that, I have no clue when I was yeah, in. But before that, it would have been not counting like, or well, I guess, are we counting like just going in to use the ATM? Is going no, to that doesn't branch? count. Okay, so then it would have been Easter of 2017. <laughs> No, 2018. To get my mortgage. (laughs) You spoke, ATB listened, and they've created a no monthly fee digital account with a line of credit that makes banking work for you. By doing most of your banking digitally, you'll avoid monthly fees and get unlimited transactions. It's 24-7 banking at its finest. Visit ATB.com today to sign up for uh, no fee, all in account, and discover digital banking that works for you. I got I got one more thing about Cameron Judge. Okay, what's that? 
Remember when he was going crazy on Twitter, yes. saying that he didn't want to play football anymore? <laughs> yes. I'm I'm so glad that he's out of that phase of his life. Maybe they just took the phone away. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just gave one of those Fisher Price ones. Like, yeah. here, Cam, when you play with this now. Uh, Hamilton beat Toronto 21-18 to clinch the undefeated season at home and tie for the most wins by a rookie head coach in history. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about this game. Why? It was a battle of rouges. It cost me a fantasy title. <laughs> I No, no. No, no, no. Your July cost you a fantasy title. Here's the thing. Am I crazy for thinking Hayden Moore could have got at least seven? Not point seven? Hmm, maybe. Who, who does he think he is? David, considering David Watford got you 3.2 <laughs> and he was the leading quarterback on Hamilton. Who, who, does, who does Hayden Moore think he is? Dom Davis throwing four interceptions and still winning the game? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not getting into this. <laughs> Red Blacks fans already hate me enough. You can you can you can take the brunt of this one. Four interceptions and they mm. they still win. You know what? I'll say this. I actually want to see more of Dakota Prukop. Uh the one throw he had to to Rodney Smith uh was one of the best throws I've seen all season. It was on the touchdown. On the touchdown, that was ridiculous. In stride over the defender, dropped it in perfectly. Uh, Andrew, who we, uh, uh, used to work at Newcap and Lloyd, uh, he now lives in Toronto, works for TSN and we were texting back and forth. He's like, at the beginning of the year, when it was between McLeod Bethel Thompson, James Frank, he's like, Dakota Prukop needs a chance. Like this is getting ridiculous. Uh, he's, they're, they're wasting perfectly good talent. And losing football games, so why not make the change? He comes in. Granted, they're not winning football games, but you're seeing that Prukop has the ability to do what McLeod Thompson has done, which is put up numbers. And and you know maybe maybe Dakota Prukop is the difference in them winning football games. I don't know, uh, but but other people have seen the talent as well, and they know it's there. And now he got he gets a shot, gets a look. And I think with the quarterback situation, what it is in Toronto, I think he's gonna he's gonna come into camp with a really good shot. Uh, or if he's even under contract, I'm not sure. Uh, but he does have a shot to be a, a starter in this league. The only Toronto quarterback under contract for 2020 is Michael O'Connor. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what Prukop does or where he goes next year if he gets an opportunity uh, somewhere. Because I, I thought he was actually pretty mobile too. It looked like he could move around, and sometimes he was running for his life in uh, the pocket uh, a little bit there. So it would be nice to see uh, him get an opportunity somewhere. As for Hamilton, I think I, I can also blame Cameron Marshall because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Andrew from the Empire Podcast did did have Marshall in his lineup. 18 carries, 109 yards with two touchdowns. That's a guy that's saying, I want to play in the playoffs. I want to be mm-hmm. on a team next year. But they have a decision to make because there's Cam Marshall. There is... I'm having a stroke here. Help me out. There's Tyrell Sutton. <laughs> uh, Dude, wait. Um, 
You couldn't remember Tyrell Sutton? <laughs> so what's the decision here? No, 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 no. Back up for two seconds. You got some splitting to do. Dude, uh, I ate so much chicken, you don't even know. Um, <laughs> Just a coma. <laughs> MSG overload, probably, if it's from 7-Eleven. So, I, I know it's against Toronto. I know it was a nothing game. Mm-hmm. But he's making a case. 100% he is. Uh, the backfield, when it, if I, I know your backfield, no team is going to stay healthy and have zero man games, lost injury uh, in any sport. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but when you look at their backfield, it's pretty crowded. When when training camp opens up, if everybody returns, I don't think that's going to be what's going to happen. But I think he's definitely giving himself a shot at at, at getting a job. And we've got uh, Sean Termis er- Thomas Erlington if they do want to go Canadian mm-hmm. again next year. And Thomas Erlington, Malik Irons, yeah, he started the year on fire. So mm-hmm. if he can come back next year and pick up where he left off after the injury, then I'm sure Hamilton fans will be happy to see that. Uh, Luke Tasker came back here, and uh, I'm assuming he'll probably be on the playoff roster, but they wanted to get him some reps before then. Uh, Seven catches on eight targets for 90 yards. He made some nice, nice grabs there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jalen Marshall had four catches for 54 yards. I'm assuming he'll get more and more involved next year. And David Ungerer had a big catch for 36 yards. And a big drop. Yeah. <laughs> at the goal line. Oh, no, sorry, that was that was Kalinic. Oh yeah, he did. He would have had With a touchdown the there. Nah, uh, they're both Canadian. Yeah, um uh David Watford did lead the Tie Cats, if you can call it that, <laughs> uh down the field where the, like the first 3. half 2 points. The the first half had a lot going on with fumbles and interceptions and then the second half five points scored. <laughs> <laughs> between yeah. the, the two teams and it was just week 21 at its finest and so I think I think my prognostication on on Thursday morning or Thursday's episode where I called it a expletive sandwich <laughs> was pretty fair right right like it wasn't it wasn't a very good football game you know what I was feeling pretty good about my Toronto pick. I was I was kind of worried until I saw Madero's kick the ball. <laughs> I actually thought, oh, this this is going to happen, but no, of course it wasn't to be. Yeah, I went four and zero this week, so I don't know what it's like to lose. Uh, I like I I don't even I don't even know how I can move on and forget about this week. That it ever happened. Another, another double big gulp. It's more another chicken. Twelve of them. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. My 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 Coke fast did not last very long today. Yeah, you texted me the other day. Just said your last Coke until uh, Great Cup. Cup. And how yeah, long did it last? I had two today. <laughs> I was bored. That's 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 my biggest uh, hurdle. Boredom. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess we should talk about the last game of the week where the Calgary Stampeders needed to win to clinch a home playoff game, and they end mm-hmm. up barely doing it. 21-16, the final there. The Stampeder receivers had a rough game. I didn't think as a group they were going to catch anything after the first quarter. Yeah. Like, I, a lot of alligator arms. Um, and a lot of catchable balls, too, that were just plain dropped. Uh, Bagleton... Two uh, touchdown passes ended up not mm-hmm. uh, converting there. Uh, Hergie Mayala, the rookie, the best game of the bunch. Five catches on seven targets for 103 yards. There's gonna, there's another Canadian receiver, just like Tavon Smith, that has a shot to light it up in 2020. And I th- well, um, I think this has kind of cemented his opportunity in training camp, but with the Canadian receivers that they have down that have the opportunity to come back. I think it's going to be a fight for a job. Right. Unless they're going to go real heavy Canadian at receiver. I think Stamps fans, after watching this game, and I know there was a lot of injuries with Eric Rogers and the back end on the defense as well, because John White, (laughs) he only needed 40 yards to get... Uh, a thousand yards for the first time in his career. Mm-hmm. Seventeen carries to get it. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Oh, those are those are NFL numbers, man. Like the, <laughs> with a yard off the ball, you need yeah. to be able to move it. <laughs> like it. That was the big thing. Like, oh, he's going to hit this milestone, and I'm watching. I'm like, when? He's going to have to carry the ball 40 times. Yeah. Uh, uh, Calgary had an answer for him. Had a, It was a big reason they were able to win this football game. In a yeah. game where a lot of people thought that they should probably just run all over BC. Uh, but BC did have a did have a lot to play for. Uh, you know, they, they want to play spoiler. I mean, it is a West Division opponent. Uh, BC got swept by the West this year. Do you think they didn't wow. want to win this game? <laughs> yeah, Claybrooks wanted to spoil his old team, um, and yeah. Claybrooks wants a job next year. There is talk, and I don't know where it's coming from, that Jason Moss could be BC's guy next season. and Because <laughs> that's what they need is more penalties. I, I actually do n- I have not seen a single soul in BC that's excited about that. I can't blame them. Um, I, I don't see why you would get rid of Clay Brooks. He, he was somehow able to make this team care and actually want to win this game, mm-hmm. and that's saying a lot. Yeah, one hundred percent. You look just to give a parallel: the Oilers, since they went to the Cup Final in '06 and made the playoffs once in thirteen years. Yeah, how many coaches have they had? <laughs> Every year. <laughs> 12. <laughs> wow. So don't think that firing the coach is going to fix a lot. You just know, for the sake of doing it. I like Moss like, as an OC. Yeah, I don't like him as a head coach. Um, and I think you ask a lot of Eskimo fans, I don't think they do either. Yeah, I think they're kind of done with it. 
Um, yeah. So is the Gatorade cooler. It's been taking a beating. <laughs> I think Ottawa's uh, sad that they don't have an OC. <laughs> uh, oh. uh, because that didn't work out. It uh-huh. that that might have been the the biggest thing that held this whole team back uh, all year. Um, I, I think Moss is a great offensive mind, and if that was what he does next season, I think that team would be happy to have him there. Um. I, I don't think I it's think his any last I think any team gig. would be happy to have Moss as their OC. I don't yeah. think you'd hear a lot of complaints anywhere. Um, I think that there's going to be a vacancy to fill in Winnipeg at the OC position. There could be. Yep. Uh, you know, just thinking that Paul Laplace probably moves into that role unless he as does head both. coach and unless he does both. Uh, and so, but like I mean, there's just so much movement. It's hard to predict where guys are going to end up, but. If if they're gonna fire Claybrooks, they're just gonna handcuff themselves with this coach's cap. Yeah, and and just making change for the sake of making change makes no sense. Unless it's like year four or five, I get it, but it's been one year. Like what, Mike Riley? It, it didn't work. Like whatever, give it. Like maybe it just needs time, and the injury is not gonna help the chemistry factor. I mean, Deron Carter didn't have a good year. The O line. The O line did not play well to start the year. They got better. Yep. They got a hell of a lot better. It, it, it's a. It's. I don't want to call it a rebuild because it's really hard to rebuild in the CFL. Like you have to commit to basically retooling. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I think it's pretty hard to strip it all the way down. I don't think. I don't think it works that well in the CFL. Um, just mainly because the player pool isn't there, but to just write off Clay Brooks is just foolish. What do you think about Brandon Bridge here? Do you think he went in to the coach's office at halftime and said, "You need to put me in because I'm looking for a job"? I thought he definitely looked better than O'Brien. Oh yeah, and not that it's hard. I I I don't. I'm trying to remember. He all he also looked like Brandon Bridge at times. Yeah, like you know, escaping pressure and then just throwing an interception—that that was the classic. Yeah, um, yeah. but I actually—that is, th- is the that is the of mice and men of Brandon Bridge. <laughs> right? That's the classic. <laughs> I actually thought that his mechanics looked better than they did at the end of last <laughs> year in Saskatchewan. I'm no es- expert on uh, quarterback mechanics by any means, but he looked different. <laughs> he he did look. Different, and uh, I, I know he's kind of setting up for life after football and going to be mm-hmm. a police officer. But I think the number two job in BC is wide open, and he probably is going to be competing for that next June. I, I think so too. Uh, I don't see like you look around the league; a lot of quarterback positions. I shouldn't say are filled, but so Calgary, you know that Bo is there. Do you, we know what Nick Arbuckle is? Do they really want to change that? Probably not. And I guess he's actually a free agent too. So right, and I mean Edmonton has their tandem. They got to see them both. Same with Saskatchewan. Well, I mean not Saskatchewan now so much as well. I guess they did get to see Isaac Harker this week, and, and it, the list just goes on and on and on. Where you know it might just be BC 
if Dan because Daniel O'Brien didn't really produce, that backup role is obviously open. And I think Ottawa, I think Toronto, I think those guys, I think those teams are going to bring in uh, quarterbacks by the boatload to try to find something that works too. I think the one thing after this game is that Winnipeg fans, anyway, are feeling pretty confident going into the West semifinal at McMahon Stadium with the Stamps beat up. Mm-hmm. They need to get a mm-hmm. lot of guys back at practice, and I don't think Stamps fans are so confident anymore. No. Uh, you know, they do they do, they do, do get the home playoff game, so that is huge, but the way they've looked the last two weeks, they are not striking fear into anybody. No, this is uh, not the Stampeders of the past couple years. Uh, let's come back to talk about this week in fantasy and pick them. If you're an Albertan, Chances are you love our forests. With more than 60% of the province covered in them, they're where we play, explore, and work. Over 40,000 Albertans are employed because of our sustainable forestry industry. And before a single tree is harvested, we plan 200 years ahead to ensure healthy forests for years to come. Why? Because you nurture what you love. Learn more. At loveabforests.ca. What I want to start with here, Ty, is that I uh, I dug up the article from June 10th of us uh, predicting the MOP and the standings. Um, do okay. you remember who you pre- who you predicted for MOP? <laughs> Andrew Harris. Yep. And I predicted Bo Levi Mitchell. I would have been right too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> and I uh, and I predicted Bo Levi Mitchell. Neither of them are even up for the award. (laughs) We're nothing if not consistent. (laughs) Great Cup, Winnipeg over Hamilton. That could still happen. Um, Yes, uh, it could be be flipped. However. So our standings, I'll I'll go with you first. This will be fun. You had Calgary, Winnipeg, Edmonton, BC, Saskatchewan fifth. I had... I I'm a head out. <laughs> I had Winnipeg, Calgary, BC, Edmonton, Saskatchewan. <laughs> See, we try not to be homers, so we bury the riders. Uh, East, we both had Hamilton, and then uh, and then we both had Toronto. Yeah. Then you had uh, Montreal and Ottawa, and I had uh, them flipped Ottawa and Montreal. And what? And I told you. Before the like before we did those predictions that Montreal was they they could host the East semi and then I, you convinced me to back <laughs> off of it. Don't blame me. Well, I'm not blaming myself. <laughs> okay, Canadian Football Net- Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge. I beat Superfan Mike. Um, who was your matchup? The uh, I want to say be I want to say the Lions Den. Oh yeah, and he had the highest score that week. So uh, and I get to play him again this week in the playoffs. So best of luck yes. there. Um, our Jelly Bean League. I, I needed to win. I needed <laughs> five points from You're my quarterback. Gonna, is this really the hill you want to die on? Here's the thing. I decided to eat my feelings. Uh, I went straight to Seven Eleven. So Great Cup fit ups done. Yeah, I quit it. Uh, I got some <laughs> chicken. Uh, I got like a double gulp. 
I oh. thought about going to the co-op and loading up on discount Halloween candy, but I uh, held off. I, I should have went to the Dairy Queen and got the biggest ice cream cake I could find. But uh, I'm still alive. Um, I'm you also got to see okay. Kim Mitchell on Halloween, so... I did... Th- that did happen, so th- that was good. But who so, were I mean, the... week wasn't all that bad. Who who were the top performers this week? Because I'm assuming it's ugly. <laughs> it's actually not that bad unless you're looking at quarterbacks. Uh, Bully by Mitchell, thirteen point three. There's your number one quarterback for the week. Fernando uh, wow. Junior, thirteen point two. Dakota Prukop at 10.1. wait. Didn't 1. Jennings have more? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even do Jennings stats. I didn't even think of it. <laughs> He's also did he really play quarterback? No. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Anybody who would have started John Jennings is just out of their mind. Cam Marshall destroyed. Cam Marshall, 28.3. Brian Burnham, 22.1. Hergie Mayala, 21.3. Tavon Smith had 20. Dante Absher had 21.1. Rodney Smith, 19.3. Marcus Thigpen, much to your chagrin, at 18.2. And Brad Sinopoli, Luke Tasker, 18 and 16, respectively. All I see is names that I should have picked and didn't pick. Yeah, probably. That's been our that's been our entire season. Am I gonna be over this by Thursday? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to let it affect the way you pick in in week one of the playoffs? I might yep. not. <laughs> oh, this is the worst. I was top two hundred. In, in the country in CFL fantasy. Uh, I don't know if if I ended in the top 200, but uh, uh, it was just an I've, ugly I finished ahead of you in Pick'em, so I'm happy. Oh, that came down to the last week, too. Oh, Argos, come on. I ended the season on a seven-game winning streak, and I already have my picks in. For the, for the East and West semis. All right. We will go over that on Thursday morning. I hope you enjoyed the CFL regular season. Uh, Grey Cup is only two and a half weeks away in Cowtown. Two and out live at Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack. If you don't have a ticket, you can still book your table for that afternoon at bookersbarbecue.com. Uh, our friend Andrea is looking to do a Grey Cup fit up wrap up at... Uh, Good Life Fitness, downtown Calgary, the Thursday afternoon, so you can go... Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, s- s- check uh, that out on Twitter. We retweeted it a couple times, and then uh, head to 2 and Out live and just uh, erase all of that progress you made uh, in the 100 days leading up to the Grey That's, Cup. That is my plan. <laughs> That's why we work out, isn't it? <laughs> I, I think we work... Like, if, if I quit drinking pop, I probably wouldn't even have to work out. I would just shed the LBs, but it's just so damn good. <laughs> Hated more. Oh, you're the bane of my existence. Uh, Thursday morning, <laughs> we'll be back. Leave us he's, a rating. He's your, he's, he's your great white buffalo. <laughs> Leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll be back to preview semifinal weekend. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.